Hi there, it's Melvin. Just wanted to take a moment to thank the team over at Thryzer for supporting this month's podcast sessions. Thryzer is a payment platform that you have to check out if you are a private pay therapist and accepting out-of-network benefits. It basically helps clients save on therapy up front. Thryzer can help verify a client's out-of-network benefit ahead of the first session so that they get transparency up front on what their out-of-pocket costs will be. I'll tell you more about Thryzer here in the middle of our session, but if you go to sellingthecouch.com forward slash Thryzer, you actually end, then enter the code STC upon sign up, you get your first $2,500 in fees waived. Again, that's over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash Thryzer, and be sure to enter the promo code STC. So we'll jump right into today's podcast session. Hello, hello. Welcome to session 286 of Selling the Couch. Man, I cannot believe we're almost at 300 sessions. Welcome to a new season of the podcast. I took this past month off just to refresh and recharge. This is a a practice that I instituted with the podcast a few years ago, just basically that I record for a couple of months and then take a month off. And then at the end of the year, I record like two final months. So we'll have podcasts, new episodes in September and October. And then uh, I'll take November and December off just to recharge, spend time with family, get some new podcast episodes recorded, and all of those different things. So today's podcast session is actually a little bit different than the typical podcast session that we have on STC. My guest today is Danielle Hughes, and Danielle is a licensed professional counselor out in Loveland, Colorado. And today's podcast session was actually inspired by a thread that was created in the Selling the Couch community. And if you haven't joined, uh, it's a pretty awesome community over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash community. But there was a thread all about, about healthcare providers dismissing medical concerns. And Danielle shared some of her perspectives, especially living with a chronic illness and how she struggled for over 12 years to get the proper diagnosis. And there were numerous healthcare providers that she interacted with that uh, believed that it was that whatever she was struggling with was more psychological or, or, and it was just manifesting somatically. And, and it was quite a journey for Danielle. And Danielle has such a unique perspective because she's a therapist in private practice. And she also struggles with a chronic illness. And she was finally, um, she'll share this in the interview, but she was uh, fairly recently, like formally diagnosed with an autoimmune disorder. And it's been a journey for her. And one of the reasons that I wanted to have Danielle, the podcast is because just to give us a different perspective of some of the things that we may want to tune into as clinicians, uh, especially if you work with clients who may be struggling with chronic health kind of issues. So we're going to start our conversation with Danielle just sharing a little bit about her story and some of the challenges that she went through over these past 12 years and and how she really developed that fortitude to keep going, uh, especially when respected medical providers 
we're not sure of, you know, we're more attributing her concerns to underlying psychological concerns. And we get, and then we dive kind of deep into some really practical things that you can act, you can ask in sessions, uh, especially if you have clients that may be presenting with, uh, with chronic, chronic illnesses, and they also have related like psychological concerns as well. And Zinimi is spelled Z-Y-N-N-Y-M-E. Hey friends, we are on sabbatical from the STC podcast. This is my first sabbatical in seven years, but we will be back in April with brand new episodes of the STC podcast. In the meantime, there are a lot of things happening still with STC. Uh, among them is a brand new workshop that we put together for you that you can sign up at a date and time that works for you. If you are a successful private practitioner and interested in launching an online course, you can check out that workshop over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash online course workshop. Again, that's sellingthecouch.com forward slash online course workshop. So get right to today's podcast session. Here's my conversation with Danielle Hughes. Hey, Danielle, welcome to Selling the Couch. Hi, Melvin. Thank you for having me. I feel so honored to be here. Yeah, one, I'm just so grateful for, you know, you were sharing this before we got started, but you know, you said STC was one of the first podcasts that you ever listened to. So I feel honored as well. And I'm I'm grateful that you chimed in and and shared your perspective. Part of our conversation was based on a thread that was happening in the STC community, I guess a, a couple of weeks ago now, just sort of about therapists and therapists, you know, like intentionally or unintentionally minimizing or di- or dismissing medical concerns outright. And what I thought I would just kind of start with is, as you're comfortable, Danielle, would you mind just sharing a little bit about what happened with your health? Sure. So I was in undergrad and started having a lot of health issues, joint pain, fatigue. And I, you know, went to the doctors and they said, well, it's probably stress because you're in college. And, and then from there, things just kept getting odd things just kept getting worse or happening. At one point, I was having abdominal pain for about eight months. And my doctor kept telling me because nothing showed up on imaging that it was in my head and I needed to see a psychiatrist. <laughs> and uh, I told her, well, get me an ultrasound and then maybe I'll go see a psychiatrist. And then sure enough, I had gallstones. And then a couple of years ago, I had another abdominal pain issue. And again, was kind of dismissed by the medical community and told that I was crazy. And I remember spending so many sessions in therapy, actually, like asking my therapist, am I crazy? Is this trauma? Is it, is it somatic? And she thankfully was like, no, you're, you're not crazy. And I ended up having endometriosis, which is a painful disease. But within all of that, over probably a little over a decade, I was having significant joint pain, fatigue, and the doctors just couldn't find out what was wrong. And so they just kept telling me I was, you know, stressed, overworked or crazy. (laughs) They used the word crazy. Well, they didn't say crazy, but they did tell me that they thought that it was in my head and they did the whole, well, sometimes we can 
think we have pain from, you know, past experiences and we don't really have pain, which I do believe there's some truth to that, you know, that trauma can show up in our body. I, I definitely believe that, but this wasn't that. So it took about 12 years to, to finally figure out which autoimmune disease I had. And so that's actually a recent diagnosis. And it was just a long road and every step of the way being dismissed by the medical community. And I remember at one point I was even telling the doctor, like, I'm, I'm a therapist, I'm in the mental health field. So it's not in my head. It just, I feel like the medical community just dismissed me. And I, I know that I'm not the only person that this happens to, but it was a lengthy, exhausting, at times debilitating situation process. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, first I'm, I wanted to say like, uh, for how sorry, like I am, I mean, to go through, to go through this for a couple of weeks is one thing, right. But to go through this for 12 years and, you know, and just to have that, I can't imagine how hard that must've been. Yeah. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I'm on the other side of it now. So that's kind of nice, but yeah, I mean, I, I wanted to ask you because I think, I don't know, this is something I struggle with is, you know, when like, presumably when folks that are experts on something, they tell me something, right? Initially, like my tendency might be just to kind of say like, okay, what they're saying is the truth. So how did you like develop that fortitude to at least, especially like in those initial stages, right? To be like, hey, no, like, I don't think it's purely psychological. Like, I I really think there's something beyond just like these somatic symptoms, you know? I had to see multiple doctors until I found a handful that were willing to listen and actually look for the problems. I'd love to hear your thoughts. No, go ahead, finish. Oh, I was just going to say it just took, it took a lot of doctor's appointments and, you know, phone calls and trying to get into new doctors and finding experts and and, you know, basically weeding out doctors who were just dismissive. How, um, so I guess like, was your primary care physician like, away, like, you know, cause I mean, this initially started with the bear, right? And so you're going to these different doctors and like, I guess what I'm asking is like, as you're going to these different doctors, like how much of a role did your PCP have in all of this? Like, were they in the loop or was it more like, you know what, like, I really have to find folks that really try to, are trying to understand what I'm going through. In the beginning, it was my PCP, mm-hmm. which was through the VA. So there's a whole story with that really too. But yeah, she was involved in the, a good chunk of the beginning of it. And then I ended up needing to seek help outside of the VA system. And luckily, we have a good insurance plan. And I was able to get appointments with specialists who didn't require referrals. And so I just started seeking out, researching doctors in my area and seeking them out actually, which I feel lucky because I happen to live in an area where there are providers and I have access to that. And so I know people in other parts of the country don't have that. Yeah. I mean, I I know, like, I mean, I echo what you you shared, like, yeah, I mean, it it just really makes you aware of like your privilege on multiple levels, you know? Yeah, for sure. I wanted to shift a little bit and ask you like, just maybe like a practical question and sort of like a a two-parter. So first, like what's the mindset that clinicians like therapists in private practice 
when they see clients, right, who may have medical cons- medical related issues on top of psychological concerns, like what's the mindset that knowing everything you've been through, what would you tell like a clinician in private practice? Like what mindset should they have? Believe your client, believe your client. I think that's maybe in part of what started the thread was a question around a client presenting with issues and, you know, health issues and a clinician not really knowing where to go with that. And it sounds so simple to say, just believe your client, but it really is kind of that simple. (laughs) I think that especially, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like in the mental health community, we're so focused on the mental health component and the, you know, the trauma and how that does affect the body. I think I could be wrong, but I think clinicians could be quick to just think everything is related to the trauma that a client might have experienced. And whether it is or isn't, what the person is experiencing is real. And to be a safe place to let them talk about it, maybe even ask them if they can explain in detail what it feels like to be in their body every day, all day. And not from a mental health perspective per se, but like help me understand what you battle every day physically or, you know, your illness. Yeah. I mean, I love that question. So you, you're even sort of distinguishing it between like physical versus like mentally. Which do go hand in hand because when you live with a chronic illness, it does impact your mental health. However, I, people come to counseling, you know, typically for mental health issues. And I think when you live with a chronic illness or you're trying to find out what's wrong with you, I think that part gets overlooked maybe. Yeah. Overlooked or maybe like certain, the other part maybe gets overemphasized. Yes. Yes. Um, What are some other like good questions that, again, not to put you on the spot, but what are some other good questions that clinicians can ask? I think it would be helpful if they, well, I guess I should say what was helpful for me was my therapist was inquisitive. She asked me a lot of questions. She followed up on how my doctor's appointments went when I was struggling with, you know, being told it was psychological. She was helpful in reassuring me that it wasn't. And of course we did do some work to see if it was, but it wasn't. So just, I think asking questions, really whatever questions I think come to mind, but trying to get more information from your client in detail around the illness and being supportive, which I know sounds easy because that's kind of our job. But to, I guess, like you said, Melvin, not to overlook or not to emphasize the mental health component and address the physical health. Check in with your client and see how their health is doing if you know that they have an illness. You know, the thing I I was just taking away like from what you were saying was even as clinicians, like holding our assumptions loosely about you know, what we might think is going on. I mean, I don't know. I think when I was when I was doing clinical work, especially as the years kind of stretch, this is something I really struggled with, right? Because our knowledge and our competence increases, but so does our like overconfidence, right? And mm-hmm. always like yeah. you to check that part, you know? Yes, for sure. Um, and it sounded like one of the most like the best gifts that your therapist gave you was asking those questions, but really it was about saying like, hey, it's okay to talk about this stuff. Yeah. And I think, I think given my own history and, and being a clinician myself, I can really minimize how I'm doing. And so there would be days when I would have therapy and not be doing well. And she would even be like, you know, 
I kind of forget what you're battling because you look healthy on the outside and she would just ask more detailed questions about how my health was and how I was feeling. And I felt that was helpful because I mean, even in people in my everyday life, don't ask me, what is it like to live in your body and describe the pain, not from a somatic point of view, but from a like, where does it hurt? What does it hurt, feel like when it hurts? And what is it like to be fatigued and balance a family and work? Yeah. So just being supportive around, I think, trying to really understand the client's life. Yeah, the whole of in their the body. Product. Right. The whole of the client's life. Yes. Right. I had like two random questions. So one is you said a statement just a little while ago, which I, I think is like a common thing, right? Like that I imagine someone with chronic illness is told, which is you look perfectly healthy on the outside, right? And I even think like as clinicians that might see a client, right, that has the combo of some sort of a chronic illness coupled with psychological concerns, right? They might even think that like, hey, so-and-so looks perfectly healthy on the inside. So maybe it is like purely somatic, right? Like I could definitely see that leap. I know that I've, I've made that leap before, right? I don't know. This might be a really silly question, but how do you not like make that leap? You know, it's not a silly question, Melvin. I think people are faced with that a lot, even not in our field. I don't know. That's the truth because I have a different lens because of my own experience. So I I guess before I was a clinician and before I dealt with all of this myself, I think I might have had those leaps. And so I was so generously gifted the opposite so I could experience what it's like. But yeah, because of the lens I have, I'm not sure how, I guess maybe just whenever you catch yourself making that leap to kind of just catch it. And come back to compassion and curiosity. Danielle, I wanted to wrap up by asking you a question and and however you want to take this and and to the level, I wanted to ask you that question. Like, so what is it like for you as a clinician in private practice, right? With a chronic illness, like what does a day look like for you? What does a week look like for you? And I know there can be variations, but I would love just be, you know, honestly, just honored, even if you would take us a little bit inside and, you know, as you're comfortable. Sure. Thank you for asking that, Melvin. Um, I have a really light caseload. I truly, I don't know how I'm going to feel from day to day. So I kind of keep my clients a little bit spread out through the week. I tend to do better later in the day. So I tend to schedule my clients a little bit later in the day, not early. I know kind of where my, even on a bad physical day, I know kind of where my sweet spot is energetically. And so I see, typically I see clients between like 12 and six, but I don't have a huge caseload because I know that I wouldn't be able to be fully present for my clients if I had 20 to 30 clients a week, which is just my reality. So it's sometimes a mental battle because I would love to be doing more but I have to also be realistic. So they're spread throughout the week and I kind of pad my schedule so I don't see a whole lot of people right back to back. I usually have a little break in between, like a half hour to an hour. And I don't usually see more than three people on any given day just because it's taxing. Yeah, physically and physically. Physically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I guess when 
and what does taxing when you say like physically taxing what would like an extremely taxing day look like after like you know seeing several clients what's happening in your body yeah so if i wake up and it's kind of a hard day and i my joints are hurting and i'm extra fatigued it takes a lot of energy just to get dressed and get out of the house and then so sitting and carrying and holding space for another person even though i don't take it on i think just sitting there for hours it just kind of well it starts to physically hurt cuz things get sore sitting there but it's it i don't want to say it feels draining because i don't feel drained by it it just feels like a long day when you already don't feel well so taxing on the body just by sitting and holding space takes energy i would imagine there's like some days where it's like just so much right and maybe you've got like three day, three clients that day right so correct me if i'm wrong but like i imagine there might be even days where you're like yeah i just can't see these clients cuz it's just too much like i don't think i could do you know like a, i don't think i could do this well i just don't think i have the energy i guess what do you do in situations like that do you just call your clients or do you try to cut it out or what? or it depends on on how intense it is like i try to gut it out i think the only times i've canceled on a client was when i had an emergency or a migraine like that was um you know i couldn't function and i had I had a weird vertigo last month which i've never had before and i had to stop a session and go home and get a ride cuz i couldn't see um but i i try to gut it out honestly cuz then i still have to you know push through and feed my family and so i don't really cancel on them i guess yeah yeah i mean it sounds like if it, it gets to a level where it feels too much i mean you will try to take care but generally you know it's not to that level you try to be present for your clients and do the best work you can because like you said like you're there for your clients but it's also like a, a means of providing for your family i think at this point because i have been dealing with it for so long i'm able to push through because before i was even being treated i didn't have any relief for what i have and i just muscled through all of that so now that i have a little bit of management i just it doesn't feel bad enough to to cancel uh daniel i'm i'm so grateful um you shared your experience on the podcast today and then also in that thread yeah just uh just grateful for you, for sharing just such a unique perspective i know that something that i don't i mean just being honest like it's not even something i always like actively think about so i appreciate you sharing where can we learn more about you and uh, and some of the awesome work that you're doing in the world well currently i'm on facebook under my name and then i'm on instagram at Danielle Hughes LPC. Perfect. And I will put that in the show notes, which you guys can find over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash session and the number 286. Uh, Danielle, thank you again for doing this and uh, have a great rest of your day. Thank you so much, Melvin. You too. Hi there. Hope you enjoyed my conversation with Danielle. And especially if you have clients who struggle with chronic health issues coupled with psychological issues. I hope that today's podcast session has been helpful for you. And even if that's not on your client load, I hope that today's podcast session just gives you a different perspective on things, uh, specifically with regard to questions to ask and to even think about. One of the things I was just taking away from this session is, and I 
tried to articulate it a little bit on the uh, on the actual conversation, but you know how for many of us, right, as we become more and more seasoned as as clinicians, as business owners, how hard it is to uh, to hold loosely to certain positions. And I'm just, uh, and I was just reminded of the importance of doing that. Yeah. And how so much of like, so much of this is just taking such a beginner's mind, even as we grow and, and, and get better uh, as clinicians and as business owners. Danielle mentioned some tips and strategies and things like that. And then also just links where you can connect with her. And you can find all of that on the show notes page over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash session and the number. Hey friends, we are on sabbatical from the STC podcast. This is my first sabbatical in seven years, but we will be back in April with brand new episodes of the STC podcast. In the meantime, there are a lot of things happening still with STC. Uh, Among them is a brand new workshop that we put together for you that you can sign up at a date and time that works for you. If you are a successful private practitioner and interested in launching an online course, you can check out that workshop over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash online course workshop. Again, that's sellingthecouch.com forward slash online course workshop. 286. Have a great rest of your week and I will see you next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Selling the Couch podcast. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit www.sellingthecouch.com. So if you've been listening to the STC podcast for a while, or you've been listening to podcasts and you've had this thought of, Mel, I would love to launch my own podcast in order to grow my business. Just wanted to encourage you to check out our free podcasting workshop, which is over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash podcasting workshop. You can basically sign up at a day and a time that works for you. It's 90 minutes. And when I do these workshops or when I record them, I truly believe in the quality teaching, so it's going to be well worth your time. We're going to go through gear recommendations and how to launch strategically and how to think about monetizing your podcast and how to line up your podcast with your existing offers and how to do it strategically and authentically uh, and not salesy and slimy um, and all of those things. So again, the link is over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash podcasting workshop.